I've been reading through this book entitled Tremendous, Tremendous Truths About Trials. And this is from a professor that Pastor Bill had many years ago in college. He's written probably over 50 books. Um, excellent theologian, I guess I should say. Excellent theologian. Brings out real good spiritual truth. And he made a statement in here that kind of pricked me. And his statement was, when was the last time at a testimony time that you stood up and you thank God for a trial that was in your life? Or you thank God for a trouble that was in your life? And generally, I usually think that's like the last thing on my mind. I mean, we're, we're just talking about where the rubber meets the road here. I mean, this is real people. We're, we're talking, that is the last thing, thanking God for a trial, for a trouble that comes in our life. First Thessalonians 5.18 says, And everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. How thankful to God are you for the trouble that he has allowed to happen in your life? It's hard for those words to come out of our mouths sometimes. There was uh, one young man that I knew at college, knew, you know, he was an acquaintance, I guess I should say. And we both graduated. He went off to, I think he's serving at a church over in Jupiter, Florida, somewhere over there. And one day I saw on Facebook that his father, I think his father drove for an EMT, uh, an EMT vehicle, and something happened. They were going through a red light, and the father died in an accident. And his post that he put up after that was, you know, Lord giveth. And the Lord taketh away, blessed be the name of the Lord. And I thought, whoa. That's pretty. I mean, that's pretty mature, is what I should say. Thanking God in our trials. When hard things come. And hard things come for each and every one of us. And if nothing hard or difficult has come by your way, just you wait. <laughs> just you wait, it's coming. Because this world is, is filled with sin. Someday we're going to be delivered from all of it. Praise God. But in the meantime, we go through some valleys. We have some mountaintop experiences. We have some kind of in the middle. But many, there are trials. Today we're going to look at, I think if I got my clicker, we're going to look at some truths about trials. Now again, I've been reading through this book. A lot of this information um, kind of comes from some points he made here which I think are fabulous. Uh, preachers, as Pastor Bill, are cooks in one way, shape, or form. We're serving up spiritual food. And I like, you can't tell by me, but I do like food. I like to eat food. I probably just don't eat that much food, but I do enjoy eating food, and I enjoy a good meal, something that's seasoned right, cooked right, not overcooked, not undercooked. I mean, just right, just good food. And I really generally don't care where the food comes from. I really don't generally care, um, you know, where the recipe came from. If it's good, I want it. 
If, if you have me over to your house, you do not have to cook an original recipe you made for me. Now, some of you do that. That's very nice. But jalapenos, those were good. But if you find a recipe from somewhere, make it and it's good. It's wonderful. And so tonight is a little bit of that. It's a little bit from some things that I gleaned uh, from this book. Um, you know, today we have so many good resources that are out there. Phenomenal. Preachers today, we often use the term and we, we use the phrase that we're standing on the shoulders of, you know, really great men who have done a lot of legwork and, you know, there's tons of information right at the tips of our finger that's rich and that's good. And I really think there's some things uh, today through this lesson that are going to help us uh, as we go through this study. Now, this study is not for everyone. It's only for people who have troubles. Okay? Only for people who have troubles. All right, do you know anybody that's got trouble? No? Yeah, look around. Yeah, he's going to leave. He's going to leave. He's problem-free. Well, everybody has problems, of course. Everybody has problems and troubles. So this study is obviously, obviously for everybody. One church sign read, if you have troubles, come and tell us about them. If you have none, come in and tell us how you do it. Because the truth is, everybody's got trouble. Everybody. And so the New Testament, as you read 1 Thessalonians 5.18, which is the key verse for the lesson, um, exhorts us to triumph over our testings, over our troubles, over our turmoils, our temptations. Uh, James, James 1 verse 2 puts it this way, My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into divers temptation. And how is it possible that we can do that? Joy in temptation. Now this tonight really is not for really baby Christians. These are for this is for folks who have a grasp on the Bible uh, because baby Christians are really going to struggle with this. But those of those of you that have been in the faith a while uh, know and can apply this and take it and really take it to heart. How can we do this? Well Ephesians 2 6 says, And he hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. The place that we have in Christ is a high place, a place that we can look down over the troubles and the trials that we have, and we look at it through a different vantage point than this sin-cursed world looks through it. We look at it, to some extent, through the eyes of Christ, knowing His perfect plan and His perfect will is going to be accomplished. And when we look above and get to look over our trials and our troubles, it can bring joy into our lives, knowing that God is working these things out for the good. And even as we continue, if we continued on through the book uh, of James chapter to chapter one there, that this, these temptations that come work for our good and allow certain things to develop into our lives, which will help us become ultimately more like Christ. And so the trials are for our good. And so a few moments tonight, we're going to look at this topic of truths about trials. A few points for you tonight. A pretty simple one and a pretty obvious one is we are always going to have plenty of problems. Are you encouraged tonight? <laughs> if you came tonight for health and wealth preaching, that everything's just going to be great and grand and pleasurable in your life, you came to the wrong Wednesday night Bible study. Because that's not what this is about. 
this isn't about health and wealth. You trust Jesus. You live for God. You know, you put God first and everything else is just wonderful, wonderful, wonderful in your life. Any Christian who ever did anything for God never knows better. Yes, knows better. Absolutely. And has never experienced what we would call, the world calls, health and wealth. Now, there are riches untold found in Christ that you're going to experience that are far better than whatever some dollars can buy you and whatever perfect health can do for you. I mean, riches and joy, like peace, peace in a troubled world. There are wonderful things that we can experience that we have in Christ. And God wants to give us peace. John 16, 33 says, These things have I spoken unto you, that in ye, that in me ye might have peace. In the, and in the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Some people have this idea that they're going to solve all their problems so then they don't have problems anymore. Some have the idea that some workers, people that are employed right now, they have the idea, I'm going to work real hard. I'm going to line up everything that I possibly can in the perfect right order so that I can retire and everything's going to be perfect. Those of you that are retired, what do you say about that? You say, no, that, that's just not, not even close. Yeah, not, not even close. Not even close. There's always troubles and always trials that we're going to have in our life. Jesus said it to his disciples, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation. But you can be of good cheer because we have Christ and Christ has overcome the world. Wow. We're looking at this from a different vantage point, but we are going to have trouble. There's no real smooth sailing. There's no perfectly calm waters. There's no sunny days every day. There are those times, and hey, we're thrilled about them. But if you're in a sunny time, be prepared. Don't let it catch you off guard that there may be a storm coming because we will have trouble. Psalm 34, 19 says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. We are promised that we are going to have troubles, trials. I'm going to go and read another verse here from 2 Corinthians 12, verses 8 and 9. This is Paul, the apostle, and he says, For this thing, he had an affirmity that he was struggling with, that he asked God to take away from him. He even begged God. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, three times, that it might depart from me. And what happened? And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. Some have the idea that they're going to control the trouble that comes through their life. You're not necessarily going to control it, but you can control yourself. You can control how it affects you. 
we've often heard the illustration, are you a thermometer or are you a thermostat? Thermometer is affected by temperature. It goes up and it goes down. A thermostat, you set the temperature to what you want to be and it keeps it there. And if it doesn't, you call Jarvis Fisher. He'll come over there and fix it for you, wherever he is. There he is, right over there. So are you. It's one of those things, before a trial comes, prepare yourself. If you're not prepared before something, you're behind the ball. As a, as a parent of three young children, I can tell you this. First off, I don't have it all figured out. I try to look at what other people do. Most of the time, I say I wouldn't do that way. Learning from some mistakes. Sometimes, wow, that's really good. I, I want to do that. But most of the time, I'm trying to prepare myself right now for if this happens and this happens, this is how I want to respond. Working in a school for you know quite a few years, working with the in the youth group for four or five years, seeing many parents making wrong choices because they were caught off guard. Sailing out in the ocean, everything's great, everything's and something happens in the lives of their children, and a rogue wave comes and knocks them off balance, and their whole life gets turned around because they weren't prepared. We know. We can predict. Jesus said we're going to have troubles. We're going to have trials. Let's prepare the best we can before time that when they come, we're not the thermometer going all over the place. We're the thermostat, keeping it cool, 73. For you older folks, 78. <clears throat> quote, quote, before we move on to the next one, if God, it says this, if God sends you a truckload of trouble, believe me, there will be a convoy of grace close behind. God's going to give you what, it, what, what you need to get, to get through it. Think about this. We have a lot fewer troubles than if the devil had his way. Amen. Amen. We have a lot fewer troubles than if the devil had his way. First Chronicles 21.1 says, And Satan stood up against Israel and provoked David to number Israel. Uh, another verse kind of cross rep cross-referenced with that is 2 Samuel 24, 1. And again, the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel, and he moved David against them to say, go, number Israel and Judah. This is one of those passages, I should say, these are one of those passages where skeptics will look at and say, well, there's a contradiction. By the way, I kind of like it when they say that because then it just, you know, lets me prove them wrong. But the idea behind this is, is, I guess the question we should pose is, who tempted David? Was it Satan or was it God? It was Satan. The Bible does tell us that God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed. So definitely it wasn't God's doing. But what happened is, is that God allowed Satan to tempt David. And this is the passage where David, if you're not familiar with the story, David numbered Israel, which, is there anything wrong with counting up how many people you got, how many soldiers you got, all those things? Not necessarily, but in this instance, we gather from the passage that David was doing that for pride, and that 
this is where my source of strength is from and the big army and the big nation and all the people that I have and that it really wasn't because of God. Sadly, sadly, 70,000 men died. Now God used the devil and permitted Satan to tempt David to ultimately one of the reasons to try give David a test and also to judge Israel. God's ways are way beyond our ways. He knows exactly what's going to happen, uh, how we're going to respond to certain situations. This is exactly what happened to David here. But Satan could not tempt God. Satan could not tempt, I'm sorry, David without God's permission. How do we know that? We could easily go to Job. We're familiar with the story. The devil appeared before the Lord. And it wasn't until the devil had permission that he was allowed to go to Job. God said, I'll permit you. You can do this and do that to him, but don't touch his body. Later he comes back and says, okay, you can touch his body. He had permission to, to do so. By the way, I think, Brother Todd, you've been talking about spiritual warfare. There's stuff going on in the spirit world that we are totally unaware about. Put yourself in Job's predicament. He experienced more trouble than anybody I ever have ever heard of. And he had no idea what was going on in the spirit world. Did he have any idea that all the hosts of heaven were probably looking down at what was going on? That all the demons of hell were looking at how Job was going to respond? That God was using that situation to bring honor and to glory to him through the life of Job. Because the Bible says that in all this, Job sinned not nor charged God foolishly. But he had no idea what was going on in the spirit world. Neither do we. All I know is that we have a whole lot fewer troubles than if the devil had his way. Because he wants to ruin every good thing that you have in your life. Take every joy that you have. He wants to destroy the creation that God has made. He wants to make a mockery of what God has done. What do you think is going on with all these movements nowadays that are totally, totally right in the face of God Almighty? The devil is at work. But imagine if he had totally free reign in your life and in my life. We'd have a lot more troubles, I guarantee you. Sometimes. This is from, in this book, this next thing I'm about to explain to you, something I never thought about, but he makes a statement and says that sometimes God allows the smaller troubles in our life to prepare us for the bigger ones. He gives the example of Abraham, how Abraham, he was supposed to have a son through Sarah. Remember, it didn't, wasn't really working, wasn't really happening on his timetable. So they took matters into their own hands, had a child with Hagar. Son's name was Ishmael. As time went on, the, as the boy grew up, remember Hagar and Sarah, things weren't meshing real good. And God told Abraham to send Ishmael away. You remember that? How that tore Abraham apart? Uh, the writer of the book Yoho is his name. He makes a statement and he says that 
he says that he believes that Abraham sending God making Abraham send Ishmael away was preparation for Abraham sacrificing Isaac. The idea that if he didn't have that to prepare him, that smaller trial of sending his other son away, that he would have never been able able to overcome sacrificing his only son Isaac. I don't know, but it's an interesting thought. That sometimes the smaller trials that we have in our life prepare us for the bigger ones that are coming just around the corner. So what can I say? Pass the trials that God lays in front of us. And the faith that you have to overcome those is going to help propel you to have faith through the bigger trials that come along as well. Moving on. A few more things. We may not finish all of it tonight because I do want to be out by 8 o'clock as usual. I think that's what Pastor Bill's been doing for you guys, right? Somewhere at about 8 o'clock. You're supposed to say 7.30, 7.30. Okay. We often bring trials upon ourselves, don't we? A few ways that we do that. We By worrying instead of praying. By worrying instead of praying. Philippians 4 6 and 7 says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Americans today, we have everything that is supposed to make us happy. Everything, right at our fingertips. I mean, even the poor, some of the poorest people in our communities, have everything that they're supposed to have to make them happy. But yet Americans, I believe, are some of the most miserable people that are out there. One of the reasons, I think, is worry. One of the reasons is worry. God's not into worry. Remember in the book of Revelation, it talks about and the fearful and the unbelieving. Fearful. In the list of all those other wicked sins, fear and worry are right up there at the top. John 14, 27 says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth. Give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. The word keep in the previous verse in Philippians is from the Greek word, which can be translated or literally meaning garrison, referring to a group of soldiers, like Roman soldiers, garrison. And the peace of God, which Pastor all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The idea behind that is the Lord is keeping all these troubles like soldiers standing out when troubles come, when trials come, is standing out there guarding against those things coming into our mind and affecting us. If you can think back before you were saved and the things that plagued your mind and troubled you, and now think back, now look at yourself where you're at in this moment, having Christ, the Holy Spirit living inside you, and the peace of God which passeth all understanding, comforts you, from even the toughest trials that come into your life. We could go around the room. I mean, maybe I know maybe a little bit more 
than the average person uh, about some of the tr struggles and trials that many of you face just because uh, of being in the position at the church. But I I'm just amazed. I'm amazed. The faith of some of our folks here and the grace of God that has been extended to each of you to allow you to overcome and be victorious and not let the trial run over you, but to allow God to keep you in peace. It's not you keeping you in peace. It's God Almighty keeping you in peace. A few more things I'd love to share with you, um, but we're out of time, so we're just going to have to cut it off, and maybe in the future, uh, want a fair next week, maybe in the future I'll be back to share a little bit more with you about it. Um, otherwise, happy to share with you some of these slides and some of these things. And I'm almost finished with the book. I'll share it with you if you're interested, okay? Let's pray, and then we'll move into our prayer time. Lord, thank you for a few moments looking at some of these things. Um, what can we say tonight except thank you for the trials and troubles that come? We don't say that foolishly or flippantly. Many folks in here understand, really understanding what that means. Some of, some of them going through tremendous, tremendous trouble, even at this moment. We ask that your peace would comfort them, would guard them like an army, like a garrison, to keep their mind. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com. Or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church, Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you and God bless.